Yes, dear Daisy, I needn't ask you what you've been doing. Table turning, I expect. I know how interested you are in psychical matters. I should be too, if only I could be certain that I was not dealing with fraudulent people. Georgie felt inclined to give a hollow groan and sink under the table when this awful polemical rhetoric began. To his unbounded surprise, Mrs. Quantock answered most cordially. You are quite right, dear Lucia, she said. Would it not be terrible to find that a medium, some dear friend perhaps whom one implicitly trusted, was exposed as fraudulent? One sees such exposures in the paper sometimes. I should be miserable if I thought I had ever sat with a medium who was not honest. They find the wretches well, though, if they are caught, and they deserve it. Georgie observed, and couldn't the least understand, a sudden blank expression cross Robert's face. For the moment he looked as if he were dead, but had been beautifully stuffed. But Georgie gave but a cursory thought to that, for the amazing supposition dawned on him that Lucia had not been polemical at all, but was burying instead of chopping with the hatchet. It was instantly confirmed, for Lucia took her elbow off the table and turned to Robert. You and dear Daisy have been very lucky in your spiritualistic experiences, she said. I hear on all sides what a charming medium you had. Georgie quite lost his heart to her. Upon my word, she was delightful, said Robert. Of course she was a dear friend of Daisy's, but one has to be very careful when one hears of the dreadful exposures, as my wife said, that occur sometimes. Fancy finding that a medium whom you believe to be perfectly honest had yards and yards of muslin and a false nose or two concealed about it. It would sicken me of the whole business. A loud pop announced that Foljambi had allowed them all some champagne at last, but Georgie hardly heard it, for... Glancing up at Daisy Quantock, he observed that the same dead and stuffed look had come over her face, which he had just now noticed on her husband's countenance. Then they both looked up at each other with a glance that to him bristled with significance. An agonised questioning and imploring petition for silence seemed to inspire it. It was as if each had made unwittingly some hopeless faux pas. Then they instantly looked away from each other again. Their necks seemed to crack with the rapidity with which they turned them right and left, and they burst into torrents of speech to the grey hungry mouse and the colonel, respectively. 